Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another edition of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. I'm Bryson Foster and I'm with my co-host Ben Walton back to recap what's going on at Vegas and going to take a look at this upcoming week at Vegas, or excuse me, Phoenix. Yeah, we got a lot of action to recap. Uh, once again, this crazy season of winners continued, uh, but let's get right into it. John Hunter Nemechek wins the truck race. He returns to the truck series after one year in the cup series. And John Hunter Nemechek delivers for KBM, holds off his boss, Kyle Busch, to win that race. We'll talk about Kyle Busch in that truck race a little bit later in the podcast, but congrats to John Hunter. And then the dinger wins the Xfinity Series. Yes, the dinger wins it, gets his first win. He is locked into the playoffs for calling racing in the 16th. Uh, very interesting race. Dinger versus Hamrick. Hamrick looked like he had it in the bag until a late caution. AJ Allmendinger drives away, gets the win. And then Kyle Larson, four races back after a one-year hiatus. Kyle Larson wins at Las Vegas for Hendrick Motorsports. The five is back in victory lane. Good to see Kyle Larson uh, has redeemed himself, it seems. And uh, that leads us into our first discussion. Uh, we're going to do some discussion this week. Uh, it only took Kyle Larson four starts for Hendrick Motorsports and Notches versus Victory and bring the five car back to back to Victory Lane for the first time since 2017. What's really cool um, is the paint scheme was Ricky Hendrick's old paint scheme when he drove trucks. Kyle Larson leaves 103 laps. He won stage two. He looked dominant. Hendrick itself looked dominant. Um, but, Ben, question for you. Has Kyle Larson redeemed himself? I think on track he absolutely has. It only took him four starts, which is, like, insane. So many people thought that, like, he'd have this rough transition period. And I think he has in certain aspects. Uh, like Pitt Road, for example, uh, they talked about in the broadcast. They compared, you know, he lost some time to Kislowski coming out of Pitt Road and leaving the pit stall. It did kind of seem like the the stalls were pretty slick all day, so he wasn't really the only one having the issue with that. But unbelievable that he it's going to be coming up on a year since he's been in a cup car last. Uh, I think he has. Um, you know, people obviously d- are debating on Twitter uh, if, like, the off-track portion of he's redeemed himself. You know, that's questionable. You know, he's seen doing a lot of, um, you know, diversity charity work, which is cool to see right now. But, I mean, just we've always talked about it, Bryce, and, like, how – what would happen if he ended up in a Hendrick car and we're seeing it and I don't think he's going to slow down. Um, but yeah, Hendrick as a whole and I was really strong. Uh, this is two races in a row uh, that they've won. Um, all cars were in the top 10 at one point. Uh, Chase Elliott, William Byron and Larson were all battling up front. Um, are they the best team right now? I mean, it, it certainly looks like it. Yeah. I think about of all the major players, they are, um, you know, they've won, Two races in a row, um, and and you know you know we're going to talk about it later. But you know some of the big teams like Gibbs and Stuart Haas have struggled uh, so far in early going. They're not really getting um, it going early. But Hendrick is, I would say, the most dominant team. Right? You know, front row won the first race, but it was Daytona. Gibbs won it with Christopher Bell, but then the last two weeks have been dominated by Hendrick cars. Right. Uh, Byron and Larson dominated Homestead, 
Elliott, Larson, and Byron, and Bowman were all up in the top 10 at a point in time at Las Vegas. They are the best team right now. And I think Hendrick Motorsports, um, you know, knock on wood, I don't jinx them. But I think that we could be seeing a champion come from the Hendrick camp uh, for a second year in a row. And it was cool to see as well Cliff Daniels getting his first win as a cup crew chief, fellow UNC Charlotte, uh, former, I should say, graduate there. So awesome to see for him. Uh, didn't quite get it to go with Jimmy Johnson, but I expect him and Kyle Larson to have a lot more success this year. Yeah, so moving on, uh, another uh, a thing I want to get your opinion on, Ben, is this. So Storehouse Racing um, has struggled immensely to start this season, right? Um, the struggles did continue at Las Vegas. Harvick finishes 20th, Briscoe 21st, Custer 25th, and Eric Amarola finished dead last due to uh, a wreck that he was in. Ben, what's up with Storehouse Racing? What do they need to do to improve? Man, yeah, this is interesting. Because, uh, I mean, Harvick's had two top 10s this season, I think, at Homestead and the Roval, if I remember right, the Daytona Roval, I I just think their mile and a half package isn't uh, that good right now. Um, Harvick was on pole due to the uh, qualifying formula, whatever you want to call it, uh, and uh, he fell like a rock. I mean, he got swarmed. I mean, Larson was hanging around the outside and was taking him three wide, and he just fell back and Never really made his way up. I think Briscoe and Custer were both a lap down at one point. They got back in the lead lap, I think, uh, due to the lucky dog, and just didn't wasn't able to carve their way through the field. Uh, yeah, I mean they've they've got some couple more uh, races coming up. They're going to be the low downforce package. They got some time to kind of take inventory and see what adjustments they need to make. But I think they they need to make some big changes. And uh, I mean the package at Vegas was really good i mean vegas has been a pretty solid racetrack but i mean they had the overcast weather so it was really hard for cars to kind of get away from one another um they're really sealed down to the track it, it really took pit stop cycles for you to for someone to you know maintain a big gap um so i think maybe just their aerodynamics might be something they need to take a look at but obviously they are gonna know better than we are yeah, I don't know what Storehouse needs to do. I think um, I think they're going to get back on track this weekend, uh, especially from Kevin Harvick, um, because, I mean, he's really good at Phoenix. is one of his best tracks. Um, yeah, I, I think Briscoe, you know, he's going through first year as a rookie, not a lot of practice, so he's not, you know, I mean, he's behind the curve. Um, Cole Custer, on the other hand, ran well at Homestead, but fell back and, you know, finished 23rd in that race. Um I just don't know what, you know, where Cole Custer, um, what has happened. He just wasn't really strong last year. But again, I think no practice hurts him as well. And, and Al Marola's just had a bad couple of races uh, with with Rex as well. Uh, but as we move along, Ben, Kyle Busch had a pretty controversial moment on Friday night in the truck race, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So NASCAR is going to be taking a look at the spin he had Friday night uh, during the truck race. So he suffered a flat left rear, like not too far past the start finish line. He So he kind of got sideways, got down to the apron and catched it. So he kind of limps it around. And then at the exit of like right at the exit of turn two, he just, 
it looked like he gassed it up and just spun it out. Um, I think the speed that he was going, he could have limped it around. So um, people were kind of, you know, not really thinking this was a legit spin and everything. So uh, he was asked about it during the post-race press conference, and he, and he declined to comment. Um, and then on Sirius XM, I believe it was today or yesterday, uh, the NASCAR senior vice president of competition, Scott Miller, said in an interview that they're going to be kind of looking at that spin and possibly um, going forward, making some rules on intentional spins and cautions and everything. So this has been a pretty heavy debate uh, across NASCAR. I mean, it seems more of the past like year or two. Bubba Wallace had that spin last year. Uh, I think Dale Jr. had one in 04. And then uh, I think obviously Clint Boyer and, and Richmond, those, you know, that kind of the downfall of Michael Waltrip racing, but uh, to kind of bring things back to today, uh, should Kyle be penalized? Do you think? Um, this is definitely a tough uh, area of debate. That's why people have gone back and forth on it so many times since it happened Friday. I, you know, I, I think if he meant to do it, yes, he should be penalized, but will we ever really know if he did mean to do it? I think, that's going to be a no. I don't think we'll ever find out uh, the true answer. But I think a telltale sign is that he declined to comment. If you have nothing to hide, why are you not talking about it? Why are you not trying to clear your name? Uh, but but on the point, I think Kyle Busch did do this on purpose, definitely. He should be penalized. I don't know what that penalty should be. Um, but this is a serious issue because... You know, if he's purposely spinning out, he puts himself in danger and the other drivers, the other competitors in danger. And NASCAR is all about safety, as they should be. It is a very dangerous sport. Um, but I think if, if, if it does come out that he purposely did this, he should be penalized 100%. Ben, what do you think about this? Do you think um, he should be penalized? And is this something that NASCAR can you know, successfully enforce? Will they be able to make sure that drivers aren't doing this? Or is it more of driver's discretion that, you know, if, if, if they do it, will people, will the uh, NASCAR, will people ever know? I think, go back to what you said about uh, Kyle declining to comment. I think that's a big factor. I mean, he's never really been one to be super bright uh, in post-race interviews, but I think that's definitely a telltale. Because I feel like he'll, if he's in the right mindset, he made a mistake. I think he'll talk about it, and especially in the truck series. Because um, if you look at Bubba Wallace last year, kind of ran his mouth about it. I don't know if he directly said he purposely spun out, but he kind of made it seem like it. So I think Kyle, in that case, because he's protecting himself, I think he is guilty because of that. Uh, the penalty, um, I'd assume, based off what they've done in the past, probably some monetary fine deduction in points or something like that. Uh, I don't think they'll suspend him from the series at any time but uh in the, the trucks because obviously he's an owner but it, it's gonna be tough if if they're gonna try to successfully enforce them because if they can get access to in-car cameras and data and they can go look at the radio i think they can look at those three then absolutely i think they can enforce it but again it's still a judgment call uh because i'm sure teams and owners and drivers are going to go to their deathbed um you know, trying to defend themselves on, you know, even if they did look at the dads like, well, you know, I was just trying to save it because I felt a kick around. So it's all subjective. It just depends what they can present as an argument for enforcing it. 
Yes, yeah, so moving from the Truck Series back to the Xfinity Series, A.J. Allmendinger continues to show his strength this year. He gets his first one of the year at Las Vegas this past weekend, and his second career mile-and-a-half victory in the Xfinity Series. Ben, is the Dinger the favorite to take on defending champion Austin Sendrick this year to become Xfinity Series champion? Yeah, going into this year, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't really sure how he was going to perform. I mean, I know he w- got that win in Atlanta last year um, on the mile and a half, but I think we everybody kind of forgets. Like, yeah, he's this road course ace, but, I mean, he spent quite a bit of time in the Cup Series. I mean, it's, you know, he probably has more, obviously, I think he has more and a better feel and experience at the ovals than road courses because, um, obviously, that's just what the majority of the schedule is. So we kind of forget how much experience he actually has. And I think right now he's absolutely um, the favorite to take on Austin Sendrick, if not the favorite. Uh, Sendrick did have, you know, some trouble at Vegas uh, with the tire going down. Um, it looked like he had a pretty good car. But, uh, yeah, the dinger is going to be good this year. I- I'm not sure about what you think. I mean, these two definitely are, are the favorite at least. No, I definitely do think he is the favorite. Um, I, You know, I thought this when, when they announced it, I went, you know, Colin Racing's going for the championship. I said it last year uh, that they were, and they got a driver there to the championship for. Uh, but, you know, I think Justin Haley's still very young. He made some mistakes in that race. And uh, I, I think A.J. Allmendinger, uh, you know, he wasn't a great cup driver. He won one career race, right? But that's the thing. These cup guys, when they get into the Xfinity Series, Elliot Sadler was the same way. They don't forget the muscle memory. They don't forget, um, you know, the things that they learned. And I think A.J. Allmendinger definitely is a favorite, um, if not the favorite. You know, I think there's a difference there. Being a favorite, you know, that you're uh, contending with others. But I think he's the favorite to win the championship. Um, because, let's be honest, this is not the first race he's been, you know, competitive in. He almost won Homestead. He won a stage there. He... Almost won a stage at the road course until him and Sendra got into it. He ran good at Daytona. So I do think A.J. Allmendinger has put it together, and they were just able to finish at Las Vegas, something that Chris Rice said that they had not done. That's the president of calling, and and, and, and they did just that at Las Vegas. So, yes, I do think A.J. Allmendinger could be hoisting up the trophy in Phoenix at the end of the season, but only time will tell because we have a long way to go. And look at the... I like the aggressive edge he's got when he's driving these Xfinity cars, uh, just because with the the higher horsepower, low downforce, he can really wheel them. Um, I think that could definitely play into his hand, but he's definitely got to be careful with, you know, you mentioned that um, he almost won that stage. I mean, he kind of made a really aggressive block on Cindric when he, they probably didn't need to do that. So I think he's just got to watch out for those. I know Chris Rice just wants him to go out there, but now that he's got to win, he's in the playoffs, you know, I think they just got to, you know, mind their time, go get some stage points. Don't make any unnecessary enemies along the way. But uh, if you can keep that clean and just, but once he gets to the playoffs and keep being aggressive, I think he's got a great shot. Yeah, totally agree with you. So as we move on, uh, let's recap some news uh, from this past week and this week moving on to the future as well. Uh, So first up, Grant Enfinger wins the Camping World Truck Challenge at Las Vegas for CR7 in the 9 car. Good to see. Um, so the Camping World Truck Challenge was that 
Marcus Lamonis, the CEO of Camping World, sponsored about nine to ten trucks at Vegas. Whoever was the highest finisher would be rewarded with a cash prize, a pretty hefty one that is anywhere from fifty to a hundred k. So Enfinger winning that. Uh, ben, what do you think about Grant Enfinger winning the Camping World Truck Challenge for a low budget team, not for Thor Sport like normal? Uh, does this show that Grant Enfinger is just that good of a driver? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, obviously, really cool Marcus Lemonis is doing that. But, uh, um, yeah, somebody came on a full-time ride. I, I definitely think he deserves it. It sucks that, uh, you know, he got cut in some funding, but I think he's making it work. I expect him to see him in some more races outside of Thor Sport this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you, especially with the top 10 finish for CR7. Uh, Ryan Priest announced uh, today that he would be making starts at Pocono and Nashville and the truck series for David Gilliland Racing in the 17th. Thoughts on this, Ben? Yeah, uh, it's good for him getting some more seat time and everything. Um, interesting, he'll be driving a Ford uh, when he runs for a Chevy team. So I don't know if that is kind of maybe something underlying and where this is coming from. But yeah, cool for him getting some more starts. Also, more truck news. A lot of truck news, actually. Ross Chastain will return to drive the 44 for Nice Motorsports at Atlanta on March 20th. They're going to be running the cool throwback scheme. Uh, Bristol Dirt Driver announcements. More in the past week and even today. And the first one is Kevin Harvick announced he'll be driving for David Gillan Racing in the 17th at the Bristol Dirt Race. Chase Briscoe will drive the 04 for Roper Racing at Bristol Dirt. And in the truck series, and Shane Golubic will drive the 78 for Live Fast. One of the best dirt drivers has won pretty much every series he's been in. So cool to see. Ben, big announcements for this Bristol Dirt Race. Uh, does that intrigue you at all? As you know, we're getting closer. Only three weeks away. Less than three weeks now. We broke Sunday. It'll be two weeks. Are, are you excited for this? And do these drivers um, that are coming over these announcements... Do they intrigue you? I, yeah, I think there's a lot of unknowns going into the, um, this dirt race. Obviously, this cup car, I mean, they've been ran on a dirt track in forever. But, I mean, this car has never been tested on a dirt track. And, I mean, it's going to be 200 laps. That's a long time, especially if we're going to be on dirt when, you know, the typical Bristol race is 500. But, I mean, they're full speed going around there. So, this is going to be interesting, and um, they just released the format for it. Um, so they are going to kind of incorporate some heat racing. So each series is going to have four qualifying heats, 15 laps, and then they'll split up the field into fourths. Um, qualifying heat assignments are going to be randomly drawn and then conducted through um, current team owner point standings for the order to get picked. And then drivers are going to earn one passing point for each position gained in their heats. Uh, and then the starting lineup will be determined by a formula that weighs the finishing position plus positions gained during each heat um so drivers finishing their first in the heat will earn 10 points second nine third eight and then it goes on down from there this is going to be interesting this is i think i don't know if this is just the heats i'll have to dig into this bryson um or if this is going to um go into the main race only green flag you think it's just the heats for only green yeah, flag laps I'm count sure okay it's just the heats because i mean okay 200 laps is a lot different than 15 right Right, right. So only green flag laps will count. That'll just be for the heats. But no overtime rule will be in effect, but free pass and wave round procedures will remain. How much of the wild card do you think this race this is going to be? I mean, 
everybody's so i would be anxious for it as a driver um coming up oh yeah i'm hey i'm a fan and i'm anxious for it you know this is a lot of news here but i do like that they're going to do the qualifying heats um you know i'm i'm a big fan of that in the dirt races uh, i'm a big fan of that when the all-star race does it right i mean you wouldn't say it's a qualifying heat but the race to you know race in the open get into the all-star race is one of my favorite things uh i think smaller fields promote uh better racing and some cars that you know not normally would be up front get to race up front and get a chance to win um but yeah the adversity is definitely up uh for these drivers they're probably really anxious they don't want any more time to pass uh because i don't think a lot of these drivers want to go to bristol dirt because let's be honest here this is brand new i think there's going to be a lot of growing pains uh the first year and like you said they're not even really testing these cars on this track, which could definitely be a bad thing if, let's say, they put them on the dirt and they get stuck. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's it's definitely very interesting. As a fan, I'm anxious. I'm sure the drivers are a hundred times more anxious than I am. And I can't imagine what lap cars are going to be like getting around. I mean, if we, we've seen Noah Gregson, a lot of these other drivers have problems with lap cars. Like, if on regular asphalt tracks, it's going to be a problem this dirt race is going to be probably 10 times that you know i mean it's already hard to pass lap cars at regular bristol on the oval on the paved oval um it's probably going to be really tough and you know i don't even know if we will have lap cars you know because i think uh you know there's going to be a lot of saves in this race like drivers are going to definitely lose control and probably have to save it uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, it, it's it, it's going to be crazy. I can already tell you that. It's not going to be a normal race. Um, it's going to be a crazy, crazy race. Uh, I'm excited for it because it's something new, but man, hopefully this will work out for the drivers because if not, this could be the first and the last time we see a race at Bristol Dirt. And they're not going to be going too fast either. I mean, we were talking about it before the show. Like, maybe a hundred miles, hundred mile an hour top. Maybe. I mean, like, if I feel like with all the horsepower they have, the amount of wheel spin they're going to get, it's they're not even going to put it down too well on the straightaways. So, I mean, they'll probably be on the gas more in the corners, just trying to keep the thing sideways and get the thing turned. Yeah, but if I do think this race is good, uh, expect more dirt races. Eldora is definitely a track that the trucks have already been to. And the trucks have made the dirt work, but at the same point in time, the trucks are a lot heavier. They're, you know, not as fast as the, the cup cars, and the cup cars are not made for dirt. But I think if this goes over well, I think uh, Eldora, maybe some other dirt tracks, uh, the Charlotte dirt track, you know, uh, the Texas dirt track, I think, you know, there could be an opportunity uh, for more of these races. Ben, is there any place that you would want, you know, in a, a dirt race? Outside of Bristol? Uh, I certainly think, like you said, look at the SMI-owned dirt tracks, just right outside the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway in Texas and Las Vegas, I believe, has one. Look at those. Um, I think the big issue with those would be seating capacity and the facilities to you know, hold a cup event. I think that's the one thing um, that they're worried about. But I hope they do go to some sort of proper dirt track. I mean, the Bristol idea, I mean, they did it like, what was that 20 years ago uh, with the world of outlaws and everything like, yeah, that's cool. But like, 
I mean, if you want the full experience, like putting a ton of dirt on a concrete oval isn't, I mean, I don't know. It's cool, but I'm just not a huge fan of it. Um, that's another thing too. Like, are they going to be like, if they get a ton of laps, is that dirt going to start like getting packed down and then the concrete's going to get exposed? Like that's another thing they're gonna have to keep an eye on, but I hope they can go to a proper dirt track. Yeah, and, and, and I wonder, too, that it is a paved oval that they just put dirt over. Um, will it be a little bit easier for the cup cars? You know, because it's not only dirt. You know, there will be, um, you know, the, the paved concrete underneath. I don't know. It's very interesting. This is one of those races that, um, honestly, for me, I have to see it. You know, I think sometimes you have to be, you have to be visual on these sort of things like, I'll have to see it before I believe that it can work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Well, let's move off. Let's move to the show wrap-up. Ben, congratulations. You got one pick right last week, and you lead me one to nothing uh, in our pick standings. Finally, we got one right. It took us, what, four weeks to get one? Something like that. And, I mean, I could probably thank more of Kyle Busch having his little spin ski that uh, didn't really challenge you on her new check. Because he had to finish second, but uh, that was your pick. So, one, two, I guess, for us. Yeah, so John Hunter Nemechek is the first pick that we have gotten right. Um, but, yeah, as, as we move in, Ben, who do you got for the Xfinity Series? Only two races this week, Xfinity and Cup. Truck will take a week off and then return at Atlanta. Who you got Xfinity Series racing, Ben? Uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Jones. I think I picked him last week, and he actually had really good short run speed. And I think he could have challenged Allmendinger if um, that last uh, restart didn't have so many laps towards the end. He That's how he won it last year, or I believe he won at Phoenix last year on a um, late race restart. So I, I'm looking to see him do it again. I'm going to go with the last guy to win at Phoenix in the Xfinity Series, Austin Sendrick, the defending champion, I think. Gets back to victory lane. Uh, his second win of the season will be at Phoenix. Ben, who's your cut pick? I'm going to go with, again, another guy. The last time we were at Phoenix one, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I think Hendrick Motorsports will be three in a row. Yeah, I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick. This is arguably Kevin Harvick's best track is Phoenix. So I think that Kevin Harvick... Gets back to victory lane, gets Stort Haas Racing back on track with the win this weekend. And Ben, I don't know about you, but I think I'm going 2-0 on my picks this week. All right, well, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Burning Down Racing Podcast. Be sure to follow me on social media. I'm Ben Walton, Neb underscore Nile on Instagram and Twitter. And follow me, Bryson Foster 259 on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This is the bright spot of our week is getting to record this podcast. So uh, thank y'all so much, and we'll see you next time on the next edition of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast.